Welcome to episode number 51 of the Ignite Physio podcast. This podcast inspires physiotherapists and other health professionals to continue learning and growing in their practice and throughout their career. We explore professional issues with a fresh lens and look inward, delving into topics that help to expand our capacity for growth. I'm Andrew. And I'm Maxie. And welcome to the show. Andrew, right. you you sounded when you said said our intro that intro there was a lot of conviction. Was there? Okay. It felt you felt very. I don't think convicted is a word. Well, it is, well, but it not is. in the sense, not in the way I'm trying to describe you. In the way you said that, you sound, you you had there was a there was a, a resonance about it. Oh, good because I it's I mean we're getting later in the evening here, so my resonance is going to be starting to falter as we go. Is, it, is that your jazz voice? Maybe it's your jazz voice. That's maybe yeah, that's right. All right, well you're drinking a glass of port. I've got nothing, so that's uh, that's unfortunate for me. <laughs> So you may be a lot more lucid in terms of thoughts tonight Yeah, <laughs> or <laughs> as we delve into, I mean, this is our first episode for 2020. Yes. This is episode number 51. And we just uh, surpassed that milestone the last episode. I thought that was a great conversation yeah. last time. I really enjoyed it. I don't know how we're going to beat that one. Honestly, I feel like that was a bit of a, that was a bit of a topper <laughs> in terms of. Well, just in terms of my experience of it, I don't know what it sounded like to anybody else. Well, it's but true. In terms yeah. of my experience that was like a great conversation. Just, it was a great conversation. It was. And I mean, we were sitting in close proximity because we were sharing one mic. We're sharing so mic? Maybe that's what did it. I don't know. Like there was... I don't know. <laughs> but it's true. I felt like it, yeah, like it was one of those ones where I just felt that uh, it was that kind of riffing that was going on. I hope people enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed recording it because, Talking. yeah, because yeah, it was, it was a good time. I actually listened to the whole thing again. Mostly, I don't even listen to our recordings. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's the start of 2020, as as we said. And, you know, we were just talking about, well, what do we talk about? And I always like to do a little bit of reading. You know, I'm not big on the whole resolution deal, but I always like to, you know, I mean, I think that's sort of this natural taking a step back. You know, there's a little bit of that reflection. You know, a lot of times we have a bit of downtime. We can sort of think about what's going on. What was this last year like? Do you do resolutions, Maxie? I don't know. Do it. Are you? Uh... I, I don't call them resolutions. I, you know, I used to be very like hardcore with how I did things. <laughs> you had a like, book of resolutions. Uh, like I was hardcore. So I wrote them. I journaled. I wrote them. I was had specific parts of my life. I would do like specific resolutions. I'd have specific actions that I was like, you know, gonna gonna mm. follow through on. And I wouldn't call them, they wouldn't be resolutions, they would be intentions. So I intend to, I intend mm. to. And so there was an intention. Yeah, I used to be pretty hardcore and then I, you know, softened over the years and and still certainly circle back. And I think, yeah, it's, it's sort of a, maybe it's historical. Maybe there's some sort of resonance around it. You know, it's just, but, but do you, you come around to, to this time of year and you, yeah, you, well, in Edmonton right now, we have a snowfall warning, <laughs> yeah. right? You know, and, and deep so, freeze and coming our way in the next minus three days. So there's not a lot yeah. to, you know, to, to do. So you, you reflect, you hibernate mm. and you reflect. And yeah. And so I think it's just a natural part of, what is this year going to be about? Take to heart more this year. And, and yeah, what is this year going to be about mm-hmm, for me? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah. So, yes. So, to answer, that was a long way to answer the question. Yes, <laughs> like, I do. I do, do That sort of a thing. Yes. Yeah, and I think for me, I, I, I try to pick a word for the year. I know that's sort of, you know, some people will do that. Oh, yeah, so I sort of have, like, my theme word. 
that I sort of use for grounding my decisions and sort of look at my focus. So I just sort of sit with that as I reflect and I just sort of, I, I sort of just, I'm like, well, what, what, what word comes to me for this upcoming year? So it's, yeah, so it's, a, it's an interesting, it sort of takes it more uh, meta level as opposed to the concrete. Yeah. These are the know. actions. This is, yeah. you know, and so does the, does the word stay the same throughout the whole year? Like, yeah. does it, does it change? No, Do you, it, does it stays. It, does it, yeah. It stays the same. Yeah. Do, do your feelings around the word change? How, well, I think how I, you, I, think I sit with the word. word. I think I sit with the word, you know, cause it, it, it's, it's, I mean, part of it is aspirational, but I think part of it is also, what is that direction? Where am I, where's my energy going? And and I, th- and I try to capture that in a word or a phrase, you know, that I feel in, like what I'm anticipating coming up. So do I find it helpful? I think at some level, I think it sort of takes some of the pressure off in terms of specific, you know, tangible goals. And not that there aren't goals that are tied around that word, I think, but I, but I just sort of feel like what's the thrust that I'm, that I'm working towards. Right. So, yeah, I mean, so, so anyways, as I was mentioning, I, you know, I, I like to read some books and, you know, you know, during this period of hibernation <laughs> that we find ourselves, uh-huh. uh, and, and I've been enjoying a book and I actually already read it last year and I sort of was starting to work through it again this year was this book uh, called Atomic Habits by James Clear and it has absolutely nothing to do with physio whatsoever. But is you know, it's an easy read in terms of what he's done and looked at around habit building and formation. And something that I've been sitting with for a bit is his take on goal setting and, you know, basically suggesting that really rather than focusing on, you know, exclusively focusing on goals, focusing more on the systems Mm -hmm. that will help you achieve the results or the goals that you want. Right. So, and I thought that was interesting because he makes some points, you know, like if we focus on the goals, we may miss out on the systems that we need to have in place in order to achieve those goals because we're so focused on the end result that we're actually not doing the work, maybe the the early and maybe the hard work of building the systems that actually help you to achieve the outcome. And he gives this example like, you know, let's say that you have to clean your bedroom, right? Well, the goal is to clean your bedroom and you achieve that goal and you clean your bedroom. But if you haven't put in the systems in place to actually maintain and clean that bedroom, you're not going to do that on a consistent basis, right? And I, and I think that, you know, and he makes the argument too about, you know, the goals are, you know, the goals are really momentary, you know, you, you achieve the goal, you, you know, you, you achieve that outcome. And then it's like, well, what's next, right? And there is a bit of this binary yet fail, like success or failure with, you know, a lot of the goal setting that we can tend to do, right? You know, so that's something I've been by thinking about. And, and I think we sort of, you know, before we hit the record button, we were thinking, well, let's, let's, I mean, there's a lot of different angles we could go down with that. And really, I mean, what he, you know, he talks about is, you know, goals are about the results you want to achieve. Systems are about the processes that lead to those results. So his examples, he gives a few, but he's like, you know, if you're a coach, your goal might be to win a championship. Your system is the way you recruit players, manage your assistant coaches and conduct practice. You know, if you're a musician, your goal might be to play a new piece. Your system is how often you practice. And I would even take it because we were talking earlier about, I would even take it further that it's not just about, you know, what's this man's name that wrote this book? James Clear. James Clear. James, James, I like the direction that James is headed in. Mm -hmm. I like it, but it still seems a wee bit dry to me Mm. in that... 
Yes. I mean, yes. As a co- uh, And just because you used the coaching example, you've opened yes. up the door for me. Well, to exactly. Yeah. Through. Because I've done a lot of coaching and done a lot of work, team building and working with the idea that, that is that, that if you're too outcome focused, mm-hmm. you're not going to build. Right. Yeah. And so, and so, and you're, you're also not going to know what you need to correct or what you don't need to correct or what pivots you, where you need to pivot or, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like how you need to shift, but also it's, it's also about, for me anyway, understanding it, it sounds maybe like very cliche or, you know, hokey, but it's, it's not just about the outcome, right? Mm-hmm. It's about, it's about, it is about the process, but it's about how you're, how you're engaged and expanding through that process. Mm. And that, so, so there's so many ways, like you said, that we can go with it. Like there's, there's being in the moment, having being maybe more systems focused allows you or, or tuned you more into the moment and what's happening mm-hmm. in the moment or, or in the, or in the short term versus long term. Yeah. Um, but also, I think it also, the coaching that I've done, it, it's, it's also around principles, Right. What are the principles that we're operating? And can you stick to those principles even when even when you're being tested? Right? Okay. So I'm gonna give you an example. Yeah. So, so I was just gonna ask. Give me an coaching, example. So yeah, you're going, what? That is very abstract. So coaching pandas rugby, coaching with my really good friend, and this just a backdrop, very successful team. I think we had won three national championships in a row, um, CIAU national like varsity Canadian mm-hmm. women's rugby national championships in a row. We were going for our fourth and you know, you can get a little bit maybe complacent, but mm-hmm. our philosophy had always been about, we're not just developing rugby players. We're developing people. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. And, and so, it, and it was about, it was about building um, leadership in women really trying to develop good citizens hmm. as well as good rugby players as well as a good team. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so, so we were operating under these principles and also that we have to focus on the process mm-hmm. must always be, must always be aware of our process and what, and, and what that is. And we have to come back to, to certain principles of play. And so we're in long story short, we're in, I think it was a round Robin game a national championship and a star player of ours, we decided she she had been injured, and we she was ready to come back to into you know play. She'd been injured prior to the tournament, ready to come back into play, and we decided, well, no, for this we should not need to play her in this mm-hmm. particular game, and so no, we're gonna wait. We're gonna wait to play her into the next game, and so oh, and by the way, we had an unbeaten record. We'd never been beaten before. Wow. In, league play or a national championship play so we were like whatever and oh right yeah so anyway long the story's getting longer but i'm going to tighten it up so anyway we're in the game in this game and we're losing right we are losing this game and i could tell that my my friend helen she had coach right and she's like she does not want to lose this game who yeah. does we we got a winning streak she doesn't yeah. want to lose this game and i remember looking at her and cause she, and so she wanted to put this player in and I looked at her and we weren't, we weren't playing by our systems. We weren't playing by principles. And I, and, and we'd never lost. If we lose this game, whatever happens, but if we lose this game, it could mean that we win a championship because we lose now. Right. But because we have to stick to our principles. So she wanted to put this player in and I said, are you willing to lose now 
so that we win a championship. And she looked at me and she said, damn it. (laughs) (laughs) You got me. (laughs) And we lost the game. Yeah. We lost the game, our first loss, and we won the championship. Hmm. So Maxie was right again. And, and, and no, but, but, but convolute a story, but like, those are, those are moments where you have to make decisions based on your principles, based Mm -hmm. on, on what you're standing for and that process. Mm -hmm. Right. So, so what's coming out of that quote unquote, oh, we might take it in a totally another direction. The idea of failure, Mm -hmm. right. What's coming out of failure, right. And taking those failures, Mm -hmm. Right. Oh, because I just watched Star Wars. Oh, yeah, I, mean, I haven't watched it. <laughs> and Yoda says that yeah. to Luke Skywalker. He said, he said, it's the failures. It's the failures. You have to bring the failures. Mm. Right. And so, so I guess process means it, sticking with your principles and sticking with process means that, that sometimes you have to be willing to fail mm-hmm. even as you're sticking with, you're sticking with things. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I think it's interesting because I when I when I you know was working reading through that material that book, you know this concept of systems. To me, what seemed to come out was this idea that we we can't cheat the process. Like we <laughs> we can't we can't somehow circumvent the process and the 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 groundwork and the 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 daily practice. Right? I think that mm-hmm. it's like. Like I feel like, you know, let's say that we want to be a better clinician or we just want to be better in one area of our life. And we, we set this goal of doing that. And then somehow we just hope magically that it's just going to happen. And we, and we, and we basically ignore or just forget to do any of the daily practice. And all of a sudden, six months or a year or two years later, you're like, oh, hang on a second. I haven't really moved any closer to that goal. And then I think, okay, well, I was focused on the goal, but I wasn't focused on what I needed to do to get there. And the consistency of that getting there was absent. And my focus was so much on the outcome that I actually missed putting my attention and my care into the daily practice. Hey, I just wanted to have a quick pause to introduce you to today's podcast sponsor, Soul. They're off-the-shelf moldable insoles, and it's the brand of insoles that I recommend to my patients and have for years. The reason I recommend them is that they're heat moldable by the patient, they've got a great arch support, and they come with options to help with different foot issues. It's really easy for customers to order, and when you refer them to Soul, they get free shipping and 10% off. Make sure to check them out at yoursoul.com forward slash health dash professionals. That's Y-O-U-R s-o-l-e dot com forward slash health dash professionals all right back to the show uh-huh and and so that's sort of what i've that's sort of what i pulled out of that and i just sort of been thinking about that in terms of like you know clinical practice i've been thinking about in the other areas of my life in terms mm-hmm. of like am i putting my attention on the things that actually like what you said on the principles on the process and let the goal or the outcome sort of take care of itself. It's about when you, when you say the word practice, like we talk about what is your practice? Mm-hmm. What is your practice? What practice do you have? We're talking about a meditation, for example, mm-hmm. meditation practice. Mm-hmm. What's that practice about? So if I sit 
when I do my sitting practice, as rudimentary as it is, mm-hmm. right? It is. It isn't about a perfect practice. Mm-hmm. It's about the practice. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And the movement through the practice and the practice itself. Yeah. Right. Until the practice dissolves. Yeah. Right? So so if we're focused on the practice. I still think you need to look up. Oh, yeah, <laughs> like, abs- absolutely. Yeah. It's like, you know, climbing stairs. If you, you know, you're climbing and you're looking down. You don't see how far you've gone. Exactly, like, exactly, know. exactly. So, so yeah. it's, it's not about not seeing the horizon because it, it I, I suppose you can start to feel very operational. Yeah, and I think, and I, and I, and I probably didn't do the, the book justice either because, I mean, a little bit further on he talks about the identity that you're looking at and using – like our actions actually reinforce the identity of who we are or who, how we view ourselves. So if we view mm-hmm. ourselves as, you know, we don't view ourselves as an artist if we just scribble one time. Right. But if we are consistently doing art, even if it's bad art, we may start to build up evidence that we actually are an artist. Right. And so I've just been thinking of like, okay, well let's back that up. If I want to be, a impactful clinician if i want to be a healer that resonates and you know creates change in patients how when i back that up what do i need to embody and then when i look at that then i say well if that's what i want if that's what i need to embody then what is that practice that's going to support that embodiment right if I'm talking about well, I want to be present with my patients, but I'm not being present with myself on a daily practice of meditation, for example, well, then that's going to be pretty tough to somehow achieve that goal. Yeah, just it's not arbitrarily. just saying like, I'm going to be present, so I'm going to be, you know, like what it, it's it's. I think yeah, like it, it's when you go through a process or mm-hmm. practice, you go to another level. You go to other levels of the meaning of that in Mm -hmm. your life or how you embody it or what you become when you are that. So yes. So when you're talking about being present, yes, absolutely. And not to say that you can't go, well, I'm going to be more present with my patients and this is what it's going to look like. But I think, and you can take tinier steps, but those steps are even, even the beginning of a practice. Exactly. Exactly. Beginning of a practice of presence. Yeah. So it's not about, it's not about the, I'm going to be present so that mm-hmm. always to looking out, like leaving the, the process of being present so that you can, you, you get this outcome from yeah. it. There has to be a marriage between that process and that outcome and it, it, it and what you're seeing. Like it's, it's almost like pan, like panning in, panning out, panning mm-hmm. in, panning out. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. being able to, being able to assess how that's influencing you, how it's, how it's influencing, you know, your, your patients and, and your practice and who you are, who, who you are within your practice. Mm-hmm. The practices can start very, very tiny. Like, and I think sometimes that's what we do too. Like we, we, we want it. We go, oh, I'm going to be present with my patients. And that means it looks like this. Mm-hmm. And when it doesn't look like that. Or when we don't get the immediate result that we are expecting because we've had this epiphany that we're going to be present and this is what it should look like and this is how it, what the result should be, then it's devastating. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think that sometimes we can wait for the big actions, like I'm going to do a course on this or whatever. I'm going to do, you know, something that's like, you know, that that's a lot more significant that we feel is going to actually 
you know, help us make progress to, you know, to whatever the clinician we want to be to, you know, the person we want to be. But something I've been thinking, you know, as this, I've been reading this and just reflecting on this is that what are those really small actions that I'm doing, but doing on a regular basis, you know, does that actually move the needle more in terms of the direction and the person I want to be and the clinician I want to be right. Then sometimes these like big effortful actions expensive yeah expensive <laughs> you know it's sort of like a it's, flash in the pan it's like poof this feels like i've made progress right i attended <laughs> this conference i did this course i did whatever right but it's like well what if it's actually in the small actions but in the actions that are done in that consistent basis that become this practice well absolutely and i think even when you take a course Right. Mm -hmm. When you, when, when you take a course, you expect, I think we expect sometimes to be able to take these big actions out of the, out of the course mm -hmm. and have it may have these huge changes, but we're not even, even maybe necessarily aware how the, the things that the things that we take out of the course and we try to implement into our clinical practice, how that's affecting us mm -hmm. as well, mm -hmm. you know? And so, so the idea of, of small small changes, right. Or, or being aware of the small steps that you're taking mm -hmm. in practice. Right. So for example, and to, to speaking to the, the, you know, even when we go to a course, right, we want the, the outcome of the course. Right. So I remember when I started my psychotherapy training, you know, it was a year, a year of, of, of course, two years of coursework, right. Yeah. Essentially. And coursework meaning like it's all mo mainly experiential. There's some theory and, and lecture, but it's all experiential, competency-based, practice, 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 right? Yeah. And embodiment. And so, so <laughs> I remember coming like close to the end of the first year and basically saying to one of the trainers, so, you know, after the second year, because I wanted to be a certified therapist, like, you know, what are the chances that I'm going to be like good enough to like pass the test, right? Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. pass this competency test. And it was just like, you know, they had heard like so many people say this, right? <laughs> and, and here's the idea though, like with this, with the competency base, with Hakomi, it's, it's, you have to have two trainers, in, not at the same time, like they have to be in different sessions, but they have to observe you working within the principles of the methodology, mm -hmm. right? And they can, they, and, and so there's all of these different ways that you get to that. Like it's not a linear path. Yeah. It's not a testing path. It's not, a, I rate this test or I perform this skill. Yeah. Right. It's, it's about how you respond, how you, how you react, how you're in the moment, how you're present, how you're, you're, you're in unification, unity yeah. with the patient, yada, yada. But it wasn't about passing a test. And so it was just, and so of course, at the end of second year, the second year of, of coursework, I was nowhere I couldn't have, like that. I wasn't going to get certified, but I was like, no, this, this, I operating within these principles though, mm -hmm was grounding for me so that it took another couple of years of supervision, mm. but I worked toward, worked toward that. And I accomplished that goal. Yes. Shall we say yeah. of being certified, but it certainly wasn't linear. It certainly wasn't how I would have planned it to go. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. But it was, it was exponentially richer. Yeah. 
and and shifted, transformed who I was as a person, mm. going through the practice and the process of working within principles. So what we circle back to is that concept of failure within that process, because you could have said, well, I didn't achieve that within that two-year mark, therefore I failed in achieving that goal. But it mm. was, in some ways, you had to hold on to that goal. Like, you still had to be you're still wanting to attain that, but, but you had to hold on maybe a little differently or maybe a little more lightly, a little more with palm open, how you were going to make, how you're going to achieve that. Right. Because it sounded like that process did not happen textbook wise, right? There was an extra couple of years of supervision that may have felt frustrating at some level. I don't know. Or maybe it didn't because maybe you had let go of some of that process. I don't know. Exactly. Once you let go, once I let go of this finite end point, yeah. uh, I need to hurry up and get certified so yeah. that it was like, just, it was like an, it was an accomplishment and it was antithetical to the principles of yeah. the practice. Yes. Right? Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. So, so, it, so really like, yeah, it, it once I let go of the idea of the accomplishment mm-hmm. because the accomplishment was actually returning to the practice. Yeah, exactly. That was the accomplishment in it. Mm-hmm. And so that was a massive learning experience, a massive growth experience for me in terms of, of process or systems, right. And, mm-hmm. and knowing what you need and what you need to get there. And so, yeah. So if we, if we follow, what's this fellow's name again? James, James Clear. Jim. Yeah. And so it's like, what do you need in place to be able to, you know, accomplish this goal in terms Mm -hmm. of process? Well, there's obviously certain things I needed in place. I needed supervision. I needed a supportive work environment. Mm -hmm. You know, I had support from my partner. So there were things that, you know, obviously that I needed in place in terms of the systems Mm -hmm. to be able to, to do that. Mm -hmm. And then also the discipline to, to be able to integrate the principles into my daily practice as a clinician, Mm -hmm. as well as my, as well as who I was as a person, like living within certain principles that are very meta. Yeah, exactly. But I think it's what you touched on earlier, this idea of you've got to sort of pan in and you got to pan out, right? You got to pan in and you got to pan out. And I feel like that this lens of looking at what systems do I have in place or what practice am I putting in place sort of is like, I'm just sort of, I'm panning, like I'm, I'm, I'm sort of letting go of the end goal because I'm focusing on the process of it. But then I'm also then I can sort of pan back out to what's the goal that I'm looking to achieve. So you can sort of go in and then you can go out, but it, it creates a little bit more of this fluidity in terms of recognizing mm. that if you become too focused on the objective, you lose, you almost become blinded to the practice that you need to be incorporating to actually be able to achieve that. But if you just focus on this, you're like, well, what am I doing this for? <laughs> you know, so it becomes difficult to know sort of like, am I pointing in the right direction? So I like that idea of like, you're, you're, you're opening up, you're closing, you're opening up, you're closing in the sense of, I don't know if that was the exact word you used, but this idea I saw your hands move, <laughs> so that's what I'm going on. But I like that yeah, idea, that visual, right? Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Opening and closing, right? Directive focus, like a lens, mm-hmm. right? In terms of how you open and how you how you close, what you're focused on, and then and then seeing, then then looking around you as to how mm-hmm. how you're being influenced and what is influencing you from whatever process that you're involved in. 
So for yeah. example, you know, like, like, I mean, if you're, if you're wanting to, if a professional goal is to develop better relationships with your patients, mm-hmm. right? Well, how do you go about doing that? Right. I think mm-hmm. I like the way you put it too, is that you have to kind of step back and go, okay, well, what do I need to be able to do that? Like, what mm-hmm. are the kind of what are the resources that I need, but what do I need to then do as well? Like mm-hmm. what are the, are the, are there steps I need to take? Are there things like, for example, you might need a mentor yeah, or you, or you might need somebody you can debrief with yeah. on a regular basis, you know, yeah. where you where you talk about, about specifically about things, right. Where you might feel accountable to somebody. You might need to say, I need to feel accountable because, yeah. because if I feel accountable with this, it's not gonna, it's not gonna happen. Right. So if I'm, if I, my friend, a colleague and I are meeting for coffee once a month and we talk about you know, relational, have a mini Belint group when we talk about relational practice or something like that, then I can, I might actually set intentions or set specific action goals that I want to achieve. And then I have to come back and report on it. It's important to, to be able to look at those systems. And, and like you said, sort of, what do you need to, to accomplish that, to, to, to begin a practice, yeah. to, to act forward with practice. Well, I think what it, it does help too, is it helps you to move out of autopilot, right? Cause I think it's so easy in clinical practice to get stuck in autopilot. You're just, you're going in, you're doing your work for the day. You're trying to, you know, decompress after your day, you hit the next day. Right. And then the week goes by, you know, like, and it's, and it's just easy to sort of move and you might have these blimps in terms of, you know, conference or, you know, those little high points of, you know, massive action, you know, that kind of thing. But it's, it's, I think it's, it's easy. And I mean, I think this is the same thing in life, right? Is that it's easy to sort of just sort of go along and then not take that step back and not to sort of pull back in the sense of like, where, like, where have I come? Like, where have I come from here? Where am I going? Am I on, like, am I on the right trajectory in terms of what I'm looking to achieve? So when we, if we're going to sum it up, how would, yeah. we, how would we sum up this, you know, what we've talked about? And a couple of things that have come up for me are focus on the practice. So not necessarily on the system. Like for me, the system, yes, the system is maybe about the practice mm-hmm. and, about also, and also about what you need to nurture you or surround you to enable that practice. Yeah. So I think that that, that there's, there's the system and there's the practice within the system. And that, that really it's about coming back to that practice. Mm-hmm. Even if you failed, even if you've fallen off, it's coming back if you and you can by coming back, you can then course correct or you can shift mm-hmm. and change mm-hmm. what you need to change. But it is about the practice and, mm-hmm. and that requires some heart and it requires some some discipline. And also for me it's about the principles. What mm-hmm. are your principles? If you sat back and you asked yourself, what are my principles? What are my practice principles? Mm-hmm. You know? They may be implicit, but I think we need to pull them out and we need to name them. We need to plop them down and really remind ourselves of those principles that we live by that, that, that support and guide our practices. That's for me, you know, what I've taken out of. of yeah. And I think that also this idea of like what we were talking about of that panning in, panning out, like yeah. holding, like not getting too fixated on the one view and getting too focused on the outcome or the goal and missing out on the sort of, you know, what has to happen in to get us to that place and actually letting go in some ways of that end goal and actually being able to focus on 
the practice or the process of that and being okay with putting your attention to that. That was sort of the other thing I think is something that, you know, I feel like is, uh, you know, maybe if we could sort of tease out from, from our conversation tonight. So, well, so practice yeah. principles and panning in and panning out. Yeah. There we go. Perfect. <laughs> three, Pretty three good. key, <laughs> the key things to walk away with. So well, we hope you enjoyed the show. Stay tuned for the next episode. Bye-bye for now. Well, I hope you enjoyed the episode. It's uh, great having you on the show today. Now, if you've been enjoying the new show, I'd love for you to leave a review on iTunes as this just helps more people find out about the podcast and we'd love to, to get your feedback. And if you want to check out the show notes from the podcast, just go to ignitephysio.ca forward slash podcasts. And if there's any topics that you want us to cover, just shoot us an email at hello at ignitephysio.ca and we'll make sure to get back in touch with you and, and see what we can do there. So anyways, thanks for joining us on the show today. Take care. All right. Bye-bye.